Lord, we thank you for Cheryl and the gift that she is to us and the blessing that she is to us. Just pray as she brings the word now, it would do us good. Open up our hearts to what you want to say to us. Be speaking to us by your spirit um, and move us on in our journey with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks, John. Just get myself sorted. Oh, I'm switched on. Is that okay? Yeah. Can everyone hear me? Can you hear okay at the back? Brilliant. Well, this is a first for me at New Life. Um, What a privilege. Uh, As James has just said, my name's Cheryl. I'm married to Nigel, who's one of the elders here at New Life. We've got four children. They're each married, and they're now having their own children. So we've got eight grandchildren. We're truly blessed, truly blessed. And why, why can I say that? Do you know, I feel truly blessed to be part of this fellowship, to actually be standing here this morning and to feel the presence of Jesus. Thank you for, for leading worship, Joy. Yeah, just wonderful. To stand there, feeling the warmth coming through those windows was like feeling the actual warmth of God's presence with us today. And he's already been speaking to us, hasn't he? When I was invited to speak, um, I know I should have felt very privileged, but I didn't. I actually thought, oh no, I can't do that, I can't do that. I did a Moses. I actually did a Moses. I was like, oh God, well, I can't, well, I can't possibly do that. Um, you know. Um, but if you're saying, then yes, I will. God knows me really, really well. Um, I'm not particularly academic. I'm not a great theologian by any means, but I love God. I can't ever remember a time in in my life when I didn't love God. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight years old, and um, that's as real today as it was then. That's quite a lot of years ago. You can probably work out my age from that. Several months ago, a very dear friend of ours, um, she's not in this church, but we've served with her and her husband in leadership, and we've known them for many years. She sent me a message, and um, she'd had a dream about me, and she's a lady with a, a prophetic gift. Now, I, I don't want to share that dream, but as I sort of shelved it, and I was like, oh, okay, God, um, I'll just leave that with you for the moment. So when I was invited to speak, actually, I knew beyond shadow of a doubt um, that I needed to say yes. See, it's all about about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about me this morning. I'm just the little channel. Um, God has really blessed me through my preparation. I honestly mean that. I've actually really enjoyed the preparation. It's been great because God has spoken to my heart, and I pray that he'll speak into yours. So I think what I'm saying is... um, don't shoot the messenger, okay? Any issues, take them to God, or actually to the elders as well. <laughs> um, if I needed a title for today's message, it would be The Journey. And much of what I want to share is related to the journey that, that I've been on, that we've been on as, as a married couple, but realising that all of us here who know and love Jesus, we're on a journey, and we're on a journey together. We know where our destination is. And this morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, 
Do you know what? Just keep listening. Keep listening. If you want to know him, ask him to reveal himself to you because, believe you me, he will if you're ready to, to receive him. This looks like a lot of notes. They're in big print because I, I felt they needed to be. All right. I didn't actually check the time, but I'll... Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be, I'm sure I'll be heckled. <laughs> I've already promised David that I won't speak for longer than three hours. <laughs> well, the dictionary, the dictionary definition of a journey is um, when we physically travel from one place to another. And most of us have been on car journeys. Um, I'm sure there's a starting point and there's a destination. And we might travel a long journey. We might travel a short journey. There'll be stops along the way, no doubt, bumps in the road, roadworks, and, and actually, if you're with me on a journey, there'll be unplanned detours. Those of you who know me well know I have an appalling sense of direction. I quite often argue with Satnav. Um, but life is described as a journey as well, isn't it? And this morning, I want to talk about our journey with Jesus our journey with Jesus, our individual walk with him. And the passage I'd like to focus on is Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. You're welcome to um, turn to it. I'm afraid I I don't really do PowerPoints from presentations, but um, that's all a bit complicated. But uh, maybe one day, who knows? Anyway, so Hebrews 12, it says... Since, therefore, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So you will not grow weary and lose heart. The previous chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11, was all about the great men of faith. The men and women who've gone before us. It'd be people that we know as well. People who've lived a life for Jesus, who've been champions I know my dad's up there today. He's cheering me on. That gives me great encouragement. They're they're cheering us on. They want us to cross the finishing line. They want us to finish well. You see, God has a unique plan and a purpose for each of our lives. I don't know about you. I love that song um, that we sing, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. And there's one um, particular um, line in that which always really gets me from life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands our destiny we have no control over the length of our days some of us are maybe just at the start of our journey we're young I say we're no some of you <laughs> are young and starting you know halfway along your journey some of us are getting older for some of us do you know what We may be nearing the end of our journey. Who knows? But God knows. None of us are here today by accident. And I really felt I needed to emphasize that this morning. I don't know 
um, what your formative years held, whether they were good, whether they were bad, whether they were indifferent, whether you felt wanted and loved as a child or not. But actually you need to be reminded this morning that God was there. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. You see, we can all make an impact on this world if we've been born again, that is, if we've given our lives to Jesus, then we have the DNA of Jesus inside us. Everything that God has, all his gifts, they are at our disposal. So we, you and I, we can make a difference, whatever, wherever we are. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you, sorry, yes, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see, God has a race marked out for each of us. You run your race, I run my race. We're surrounded by this huge crowd of witnesses. They're cheering us on. We're on the same journey, running the same race, and we're called to run it with great perseverance. I get the sense that perhaps some of you might be sitting there thinking, you know, I I, I sort of wanted to come in my running shoes this morning. I do a little bit of running, not a lot. And, uh, but I didn't. I wore my frock instead because I felt that was more suiting. Um, And, you know, I sense that if you're sitting there and you think, gosh, I feel exhausted already. I haven't got it in me to run a race. Just stay, stay with me. Keep listening. Keep listening. You see, this is not a competition. It's not a competition. It's a marathon that we're in. We're in it for the long haul. When we give our hearts to Jesus, we keep moving on, pressing on, little by little. We we go forward, we take new ground. It's not a 100-metre sprint. You know, I don't know if any of you have done running. You run 100 metres, you fit for nothing. Oh, sorry. Fit for nothing afterwards. Um, Some years ago, I, I, I was struggling um, with a lot going on in our lives, really. Um, the race that I was running um, at the time was, was quite hard. I listened to a preach by a lady called Angela Kem. Um, some of you will, will know Angela. Um, she's a lady who has a very powerful pr- prophetic ministry, and she worked with the, um, the poor and the needy during, um, in the townships during the... the um, apartheid era and Angela talked about running but she talked about running in your lane and that changed changed things for me because it released me it absolutely released me because I was busy running I was getting tired because I was looking at oh look they're really oh they're good oh I should be doing that and I should be doing no No, don't look at what other people are doing. We're on the same journey, but God has given you and he's given me an individual lane to run in. You see, I was, my lane at the time, I was a a busy mum, very busy mum, had four teenagers. (laughs) That's busy in itself. But I was working part-time, I was nursing. We had my parents living with us. My father had terminal cancer, and my mother had mild dementia. Nigel was working full-time, and he was a leader in church as well. 
Life was busy. We all lived under roof, one roof. How did we manage? I look back now and think, we managed by the grace of God. We kept persevering. I had to learn to run in my lane. At times it was tempting to stop running, to stop persevering, because it was hard. But God taught me that in those days, you have to stop and you have to take a breather. He provides respite for you. He provides those green pastures where it's okay to take a break. It really is okay to take a rest. That's why we have holidays. That's why we have places that we go to where we can unwind and relax. As a family, the eight of us, we were in the race together. We were cheering each other on in all sorts of ways. We helped and supported each other, but we each had to stick to our lane. And it is easy to look at other people, isn't it? We look at other people's circumstances and we can think, oh, it's all right for them. They've got this, they've got that, they've got the other. Or we can look in somebody else's lane and think, oh, gosh, I could never run in their lane. I could never do that. That's because we're not meant to. God has a race for you and he has a race for me. And he knows exactly what each of us needs and when we need it. And he's the supplier of our needs. He sustains us on our journey, even when the going gets tough. He's right there beside us. I don't know if you've ever um, watched on telly, if you watch any sport or anything. I don't really, but my husband does, so, you know, I do. (laughs) But um, I was very struck during the Olympics um, of some of the the Paralympics, of the, the runners who are blind, but they run. And you think, wow, how can they do that? They can't see in front of them. But the way that they do it is that they have a guide trainer. They can have a a little tether round there between their wrists, so about 30 centimetres long, apparently, and they run together. They run the race together. And that, that guide trainer shows them how to pace themselves, the right direction to go in, and gets them to the end of the race. The London Marathon thousands of people I love to watch that at the start I think gosh how can all these people possibly get through the streets of London and over the bridges you know they're focused aren't they 26 miles and they're gonna get there they're determined to get there to the end some of them want to do it for their personal best don't they PB I think they call it you know they run they try and beat their own their own record there are others who do it for for different causes but you see We're in this race together. We're not competing. We're doing it to win the prize for the upward calling of God. We're not racing to see who can be the most spiritual, who can score the most points. There are many gifted people here this morning, so many gifted people. And God wants to use you just where you are, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a health visitor, a nurse, whether you're an accountant, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're retired, whether you're at home. God wants to use each of us. You see, ultimately, we're accountable to Jesus for the way that we live our lives. For me, I was a nurse, um, and I spent 40 years, over 40 years in nursing. As you can imagine, I've seen the best in life, and I've seen the worst in life. 
I've had the privilege of hearing the cry of that newborn baby. And I've had the privilege of walking with families through death and pain and disappointment until people take their last breath. I've known firsthand that Jesus can bring his peace and his power to any situation. I've seen it firsthand. I won't share those things this morning, but I know because I know because I know because God is alive and God's real. You see, the more we get to know the author Jesus, you know, I'll, I'll, sorry, I've just missed a little bit, which um, was important. Yeah, we, do, we don't come with a manual, do we? Babies aren't born with a manual. Here, yeah, mum and dad, this is, this is what I want you to do. No. But actually, do you know what? As Christians, God gives us the blueprint. He gives us the best manual that we could ever have. We have the Bible. You know, and the more we get to know the author Jesus, the more we become like him. And the more that we'll begin to recognize his voice as he leads us in our lane. A bit like that blind person. You know, we run tethered to Jesus. And he says, this is the way, walk in it, go this way, lead you on. You see, no matter what our situation, you know, you may have health issues that are temporary or long-term. God will use those. God uses us in every single situation. You know, when you go for your hospital appointments, when you go and you're, and you're with people who are, who are also unwell, God can use you to speak to them. He can use you to change the atmosphere. He can use you to be the bringer of hope. He can use you to bring his peace and his power. You know, we've sung it this morning. We can all roar. You know, we may not like to roar. It's a bit like, oh, do think I can roar? We can. We roar when we follow Jesus and we're obedient to him. You see, sometimes we, we hear, don't we, about the great men and women of faith. We hear about the Mother Teresas and the William Wilberforce and the amazing things they've done. And, and we sort of disqualify ourselves, don't we? We think, oh, I could never do that. I couldn't be like that. No, you couldn't, because that's not what God is asking you to do. God uses each of us in the situation that we find ourselves in, whatever our circumstances. You see, you can smile at a stranger. You never know what that is going to do. You can bring a word of encouragement to somebody. You can make a timely phone call. You can text somebody. All these things are just as important. They are just as important. These are things that we can all do. And we need to ask God at the start of every single day to prompt us in our daily encounters, in our conversations. That's what I do. I ask God, God, lead me. Lead me today. Lead me to the people that you want me to talk to. Lead me to the people I need to ring. You know, and God, he will tell you. He'll lead you. I've always been taught to um, bloom where you're planted. So actually, if God plants you somewhere, blossom and grow for him. We can't do it of ourselves, but with God and him working through us by the power of, our, of the Holy Spirit, we can bloom. We've all got testimonies, haven't we, of how God has used us. Um, I wanted to read a testimony this one, but actually I, I'm not going to. We, we haven't... Um, 
I don't think there's time, I don't think I need to. Um, we can all make an impact on the world. For some of you, you might not like the lane that you're running in at the moment. You know? Be honest with God. No point in pretending. Just be honest with God. Tell him. He knows anyway, because he knows all our hidden thoughts, doesn't he? The thoughts of our hearts. Be honest with him. Tell him, God, I'm struggling with this lane. I don't like where I'm at. Peter preached, didn't he, about the dry bones last week. You know, if you're in that valley of dry bones, then just be real with God. Talk to God. Keep praying. Jesus was born with a purpose. You and I were born with a purpose. The purpose of Jesus was to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. He was the son of God and he gave. He was the ultimate sacrifice to save us from our sins. Jesus knew when he came to earth that he was going to suffer an agonizing death to bring us into freedom of relationship with God. I've been reading Matthew this week and something that struck me, um, which I hadn't really, probably should have done, but hadn't actually struck me before. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus stood with his disciples and asked them to, he asked them to stay with him and, and, and pray, and, and he went away in the Garden of Gethsemane. In a moment of weakness, he asked God, can you take this cup from me? Not my will, but yours be done. Do you know, Jesus did that three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I hadn't actually realized that. Do you know, he knew what he was about to suffer. Grips my heart. We moved here four years ago. Why? (laughs) Why did we move here? Because we felt God led us here. We felt God's leading. We offered God the, uh, the latter chapters of our life, however many that be, may, be, may be, for however long. Um, I guess we were sort of thinking, well, we're retiring. I was retiring. Nigel's was still working, sorry. Um, you know, we sort of thought, well, we've done our bit, you know. We've done our, done our bit. We'll just sort of settle into retirement. Um, but we both knew deep down inside that... Uh, There is no retirement with God. No retirement with God. So what do we need to do to run in our lane? What do we need to do? I'd like to read a passage from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 25. Do you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will last, that will not last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. Isn't that amazing? We run to win. Now, it might sound as if this passage is a bit contradictory. But as I said before, we're not competing. We're in our individual lane that God has chosen for us. An athlete has to train. They have to train well for a race, don't they? He needs to persevere, needs to be disciplined. 
has to practice hard every day to become the very best that they can be. And do you know, God wants us to be the very best that we can be. And we need to, we need to be disciplined. We need to train ourselves in the things of God. We need to read God's word daily. We need to pray at all times about everything. We need to, to meet together, not to grumble, but to be real and to encourage each other, to share with each other and pray for each other. And I just need to say, do you know what? It's dangerous to isolate yourself. It's dangerous to isolate yourself. I know when I did my my first park run um, a few months ago, do you know that feeling of running the race, of hearing people cheering you, you know, you keep your eye on, actually, I've just got to get to there, I've got to get to there, I've got to get to there. And even though you feel tired, me, I was jolly tired, believe me, you know, actually, if we do the right things, if we've trained well, then actually we'll have the energy, we'll have the stamina to keep going. In Philippians 3, Paul says he wants to know Jesus, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do one thing, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Keep pressing on. Don't keep looking back. Forget about your own confidence. Do you know what? Our confidence is in God. I'm not a confident person. I can only stand here this morning because God's given me the confidence. I was the child at school who would make themselves ill if they knew they had to stand in front of the class. I'd have to have a day off because I'd be sick. I'd be so anxious. This is God. This isn't me. This is God. We need to get rid of the things that hold us back. You know, some of you can probably remember um, school sports day and races. I still have nightmares about them. (laughs) No, I jest. Do you know, God spoke to me through about these races, and I'd like to just share with you one or two things. You see, sorry, just keep an eye on the time. Am I okay? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had run the egg and spoon race. Have you ever run the egg and spoon race? This shows my age. I think probably most people here this morning will remember these races. Yeah? Okay, that's good. (laughs) Apart from Paul. (laughs) You know, you had this spoon. You had to balance this egg on the spoon. Now, I mustn't run with this, I don't think. But, you know, you're so busy keeping this egg on the spoon that actually you forget about where you're going. You get... um, you, you know, you're so busy concentrating on what's under your nose that actually you forget about the destination. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's our destination, our eternal hope and glory with Jesus. You know, the things of this earth, they're all, they'll all pass away, won't they? They're temporary. Do you know? And yes, we have to handle things and we want to handle things well. But ultimately, that's our destination. I don't know where it is. Up there? (laughs) God knows. Then I thought about the sack race. Have you ever done the sack race? I hated the sack race. You had this sort of hessian sack which stunk. It itched your legs and you got in it and it smelt musty. 
I hated the sack race, but I did it. I was determined. And I jumped, jump, 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 jump. But I'd always land up falling over. Have you ever tried getting up when you're standing in a sack and you've got people cheering you on and that? Do you know, it's really, it's really hard work. But do you know, when we fall, when we stumble, Jesus is the one that picks up us. He brushes us down and he sets us on our feet again. Stand firm on your shaky knees. Take a new grip with your tired hands. I had a picture some, some while ago um, about the three-legged race. This picture was actually about two ladies and they were running together. They had their legs tied together. So if one of them stumbled, the other one fell. And I felt God say, untie yourself from the other person. Be who you are in God. Run in your lane. Let me be the one that supports you. There's a couple more races to go yet. Keep, keep awake, keep awake. Potato race. A bucket, four potatoes. Yeah? You run to the first potato, you run back, put it in your bucket. You run to your next one. You get the idea? You do it four times. When you've got four potatoes in your bucket, you run to the end. That's what you're meant to do. But you know what? For some of us, we've picked off, we've got our four potatoes. We're like, done my bit. I've done my bit. I'm not going to keep running. I've done my bit. God's saying, come on, come on. Keep running. Keep going to the end of the race. The race isn't done. You need to finish well. Then there's the hurdles. Yeah, the hurdles. You start off well. Jump over the first one. You jump over the second one. Then you sort of lose your stride for some reason. Then you knock the next one and the next one and the next one. It's like, oh, no. That's all gone pants. It's easier to give up isn't it? And think, no, I can't do this. Do you know, but Jesus says that he's the one that gives us the energy and the stamina to keep going. And finally, the relay race. Don't you just love that? Passing on the baton. Passing on the baton. Spiritually, we are passing the baton on, each of us, to the next generation. Look out. Look out, children. Look out, grandchildren. We're passing the baton on. 2 Timothy 4, verse verse 7 says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. This is Paul encouraging Timothy. Yes, don't we all want to hear those words? When we meet Jesus face to face, don't we want to hear, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I want to run this race well. And I can only do it with Jesus, tethered, tethered together in that lane as he pours in his goodness, as he pours in his Holy Spirit. I can't do it by myself, believe you me. (laughs) Let's keep running. Shake off everything that slows us down or hinders us. Press on to win the prize. I believe that God's word is like an arrow. And he's shooting arrows into our hearts this morning. He shot arrows into my heart as I prepared. 
Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. God wants to pierce our hearts with his truth. And as I prepared, I felt like for some of us, there's stuff that's holding us back. It's weighing us down. Today, God wants you and me to give you these things. Those things that weigh us down so that he can start to bring freedom to us. So that he can start to release us from the things that hold us back, that weigh us down, that slow us up. Several weeks ago, I was at my daughter's down in in Hereford and um, I was sleeping on this little camp bed and um, I woke up, which wasn't unusual because I woke up several times on that camp bed. (laughs) But this night in particular, God woke me up and I had to wake up and put the light on and write down what he told me. He gave me a picture and it was of a tortoise. Strange picture. I hadn't eaten cheese on my pizza the night before, promise you, as Peter was saying last night, yeah, last week. But I believe that there's someone here today who's been in hibernation for a long time. And God's saying it's time to emerge. Hmm. The tortoise is out of hibernation occasionally sticks its head out but it retreats very quickly because it feels safe within its shell but God wants this tortoise to be able to function properly again to stop retreating to move forwards the pace of a tortoise is slow but it can cover an awful lot of ground there may be other issues that are holding us back at the moment We just need to allow the Holy Spirit to point these things out to us. Could be unforgiveness. Could be feelings of inadequacy. Resentment. Resentment regarding change. Resentment over prayers that we've prayed and we just don't see the answers to. We may be in despair, depressed, fatigued. We may be ill. God knows. We can't hide anything from him. Let him search our hearts today. We can ask for prayer. We can pray with each other. There was one other word which I had. It's a, it's, it's a personal word, and you know, if it's something that you need to chat over with me, that's fine. I felt like that there is, I felt God say that there's a lady here who is suffering as a result of, of childbirth. If that's you, please just, you know, God knows. And I'm really happy to pray with you. So remember, we're running this marathon together, each in our own lane. We're being cheered on from the heavenly bleaches. We need to throw off, that means give to God, the things that slow us down and the sins that entangle us. We need to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I can't run in Nigel's lane. He can't run in my lane. We can run together, but we each have our own lane. We're on the same race. Jesus knows he's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We need to persevere. Jesus endured the cross and fulfilled his promise, even unto death. Consider all that he's done so that we won't grow weary or lose heart. 
We've got an exciting chapter ahead of us as a church, haven't we? I feel excited. It's not going to be easy. There'll be bumps in the road. There'll be all sorts going on. But we know that God is with us. We're on this journey together. So what I want to say is, let's run. Let's run. Amen.